Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. It's it's perfect timing for so many reasons. Obviously, we just celebrated Halloween when we wear all the masks and, uh, and, and dress up and pretend and get to be something or someone that we are not. And so I, fo- I thought it would be perfect that, that we do this series during the month of October. And so if you've been with us uh, from the beginning, I, I hope that you have uh, enjoyed it and even shared some of the stuff we've talked about. If this is your first time with us today, welcome. I am uh, Pastor Broderick Santiago. And uh, if this is your first time, we really do encourage you to fill out one of these handy-dandy things here. This is our uh, information connection card, and we take all the information here. We send you a bunch of spam and stuff like that and coupons you don't want. No, I'm joking. Anyway, we don't do any of that. Actually, all we want to do is just capture your information and just uh, invite you to be a part of this community, uh, not in terms of just coming here on Sundays, but part of this community in terms of prayer. So we can be praying for you and uh, just knowing your needs and everything. And uh, we just want to know more about you. If you have even prayer requests, there's a space there. You can just write your prayer requests. And those come directly to me, so it is confidential. And uh, I won't share your business unless you give me permission, and then I'll tell everybody, even media, you know, about your business. Amen. Some of y'all got that. Today we're going to talk about... uh, Today, we're going to talk about financial fakers. Ooh, the mask that the financial fakers make. I grew up in an era, and I'm sure many of you did as well, where, and and it's still very, very popular, you know, where what you wore was important. For instance, if you, you, you know, you had to wear name brand stuff. Now, when I was growing up in the 80s and whatnot, you know, up in upstate New York, we were all about, you know, what we call, you know, dookie chains, but they were the fat rope chains. We called them dookie chains. It was all about the dookie chains and the big emblem. We had, like, the track suits, whatever. And, and you were really cool if you wore the right, you know, Jordans wasn't hot yet. We were rocking the shell toe Adidas. That's what we called them up top, Adidas, not Adidas, Adidas. So if you had the shell toe Adidas, now, if you rocked them, you couldn't rock them with the shoestrings that came in the box. No, no, no. You had to get the fat ones, like either black or, or maroon, whatever color your stripe was. But if you were really trying to be hip, you didn't wear the strings. Oh, that was dope. You, didn't, you just rocked them with no strings, tongue out, sitting there with your Lee jeans. We had the Lee jeans in different colors. It was cool. And here's the thing. It didn't stop there. You had your Kango. Oh, man, when you had your Kango, then you were fresh. Some of y'all might remember that word, fresh. So you were fresh, and then you had the gazelles without lenses. Oh, man, y'all, y'all, see, I, I, Ron looking at me like, what, where did you come from? Is that the 40s? No, sir, it's the 80s, man. It was a good time. That was the last great era. No offense to those who missed it. 
But it was good, good music, good dress, fashion, all of that stuff. We had it. I see these young brothers wearing a high top fade. We invented that. My generation. Anyway, enough said. So anyway, the thing was, they would check you. You know, you can have the Adidas on, but if they have four stripes, you know, Adidas have three. And we'd be checking. We'd be counting stripes. Like, he got four stripes. Those are jocks. Those were the name of the sneakers that were. Y'all don't remember jocks? Man, where my where my 80s people at, man? You remember jocks? Y'all remember jocks? So jocks had four stripes on them. And, they, and it wasn't J-O-C-K. It was J-O-X. And you got them from like Pickway shoes, I believe. It was Pickway who Come on now, Lord have mercy. This, y'all ain't going to get this then. Anyway, if you had four stripes, then you didn't have the stuff. You didn't have the real goods, okay? And so we would count like, okay, and then if you had on the dark jeans, there was Lee, and then there was Jordache, and then there was some, some knockoff brand. So we'd be checking like, are those Lee jeans, or is those, are those the ones you got from Kmart? See, Target and stuff wasn't around back then. You got them from Kmart, or you got them from the... No offense, but you got it from, you know, the Asian place where they used to sell the name belt buckles. So they had the knockoff at that store in the mall or whatever. And so that's where it was. Like, yo, you faking. Those aren't the real deals. And then the other thing we look at is if your neck was turning green from your dookie chain. So if your neck was turning. But then we figured out a trick to that. We would put uh, 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 clear nail polish on there that would prevent the gold. Now, I never had that. You know, I did have real gold. I just didn't have a dookie chain. I had a small rope chain. But I was in style. And it mattered. I say all that to say what we were doing was faking it. Because guess what? We had designer clothes. We had designer sneakers. We had designer gear. We were wearing all this designer stuff. We were hip. It mattered what you were wearing, who you were with, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, our parents were sending us to the store with food stamps. At the end of the day, we were paying subsidized rent. At the end of the day, we all came from the same living complex called the projects so it didn't matter we, we we're faking the funk we were financial fakers i gotta go i got a fat dookie chain but my mother's paying like 28 dollars rent we were financial fakers and then and it's even common today where many of us are are, are are financial fakers we've carried this thing from our childhood into our adult where we're faking it oh i got this big house how many rooms do you have furnished in your four-bedroom home? My bedroom. Do you have a full bedroom set or just a bed with a dresser that you bought from the thrift store? Well, it, it, it don't even matter. Is your living room furnished? No. You are financially faking it. You can't afford the house. Affording a house means you can afford to live in it. You can afford to furnish it. You can afford to take care of the utilities, the maintenance, and all that stuff. Many of us are financially faking it. So we, we, why do we do it? We're going to get into that today. We're going to talk about how to identify the financial fakers. I guarantee everybody in here knows some financial fakers. Everybody knows some, right? Maybe sitting next to some. I, I don't know that. I'm not saying nothing. Y'all know better than I do. Listen, the, the Scripture, and if you're taking notes, I hope you are. If you don't have one of these, raise your hands. We'll get one in your hand. But the Scripture that's going to be the foundation of what we talk about today comes from Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 7. Proverbs 13, 7, where it says this, some who are poor pretended to be rich, and others who are rich pretend to be poor. Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, may your name be kept holy today. God, may your kingdom come soon and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. 
God, as I stand here before you with your permission to share this word, this message that, that, that you've planted into my soul, I pray that it just totally comes out and just penetrates the hearts and bypasses the ears of those who are in attendance today. I pray that today we, we leave this place different than how we came. God, bless me as I stand before your people as your personal ambassador. I pray to just honor you with everything in me in these next few moments, if you'd allow that, God. Continue to bless us, guide us, this service we offer unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. This series, I have to say, um, I'm not that smart. I didn't come up with this series. I wish I did. I really did because it's so good. But it wasn't me. It was one of my favorite pastors, a pastor by the name of uh, Craig Groeschel out of Life Church in Oklahoma. This was his series. And all I did was, with their permission, take it and customize it to fit uh, this group of people, us. And so it's not my own. So I got to give credit uh, to Mr. Pastor Craig Groeschel from Life Church for creating this wonderful series. Proverbs 13, 7. Some who are poor pretend to be rich. And others who are rich, rich pretend to be poor. You and I both know uh, people that are pretending to live a lifestyle that their finances can't sustain, right? We all know that, right? That's, that's true. Come on, y'all, y'all, come on, participate. Y'all know some people like that, right? Y'all can identify them. If I said name them, y'all throw, some of y'all got your lips poked out ready to say who those people are at this moment. Don't do that. This is recorded, and it is a podcast, and your family and friends or whoever will listen one day and be like, why did you, I ain't faking. Come by my house and see. And they'll, you'll go by their house, which is currently not furnished, and you'll go by there, and it's suddenly furnished because they call rent center And they just put it in there just for you. Now, let's be real. I have my own story about being a financial faker. My wife and I, when we got married, we had this beautiful house, man. I mean, the first house we bought, four-bedroom you know, two-and-a-half bath in Lithonia. Our master bedroom had a separate room with its own fireplace. We had it going on. We had two beautiful cars in the driveway. We had it going on. Then we decided to host a Christmas party, didn't have enough furniture. Hey, Mr. Renner Center, can you just rent it to us for a week? Because we're having family over, and we need to fill up all these rooms so we can look like we got it going on. So we can look like we got like we the big stuff. And we did that at a hefty price to get that much furniture even to rent it was really upwards of a couple hundred dollars. We were financial fakers. Truth of the matter is, we had enough money. We did. We, 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 the combined income was over six figures. But we weren't great stewards over it. We weren't great stewards. We were just spending frivolously and giving all of our money to uh, our old church. I won't say the name. It's a mega church out in Lithonia. That's all I got to say. I did not say the name. Y'all know the only one out there, over there on Woodrow Drive. I'm not saying the name moving forward. And that's what we did. Here's what happens with financial fakers. We buy into the lie. That's your first note if you're taking notes. We buy into the lie. What is the lie? What is the lie that we buy into? I'll tell you in just a second. Check this out. Romans 1.25 says this, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served things God created instead of who? The creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Exclamation point, then amen. Exclamation point, then amen. In essence, the lie is that 
money will give us things that only God can give us. In other words, the money that we have, the money that God gave us to do certain things, we worship that. We rely on that for some things. We rely on that for happiness. We rely on that for security. We rely on that for significance. But only God, the creator who created money in the first place, who created the opportunity for you to work to earn money in the first place, deserves the worship. But we give it to who? Money. Fact, if you don't know this, this might be your next note here. Money is the number one competitor for God, for our hearts. Money is the number one competitor for God's heart, for our heart. Money, the number one competitor for our hearts. We say, no, 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 it's a battle between good and evil. And, and money ain't evil because God created evil. And I say, true, we are not battling Satan. We're not. It's not even a battle. That, that fight is fixed. We already know the outcome. We know we win in that, right? So that's not the battle. The battle is something that God created. So in other words, we're fighting God. We're competing with something, something God created, the creator. We're, create, we're, we're, we're competing with the creator for his, with, with, with his creation because money tells us certain things about life, right? Money tells us this. Money tells us, watch this, money and things promises this. Happiness. Money and things promise us significance. M- money and things promise us security. But let me tell you a simple fact that is true. Money promises us what only God can give us. Money promises us what only God can give us. In essence, you can have all the money in the world, you still won't be happy. We, we, we know superstars like that, right? Hmm? We, we know a lot of superstars that get a lot of money and athletes, but they're not happy. And what happens? Drugs, sex, alcohol, then the big D word, death. You can have all the money in the world, but not be happy. Watch this. They said money gives us significance. God bless you. Money gives us significance. Really? Really? I'm a millionaire now, so now I can buy a membership to the 191 Club and hang out with the who's who in, 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 in Atlanta, the, the money makers and movers and shakers, and just so I can get somewhere. Now I'm significant. I got money. My kids are part of Jack and Jill. Who all knows about Jack and Jill? Y'all got, yeah, yeah. My kids are part of Jack and Jill. We're prestigious. We're significant. We're somebody. We can get in places. We can attend black tie affairs. For what? For what? Your kid going to end up a knucklehead anyway. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Huh? They, you spent all that money to put them through Jack and Jill and did the, the debutante balls and all of these things. And, 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 you know, you know how that turns out sometimes. I'm not going to get personal about it. Money gives us significance. So we think, I got enough money. I remember when I first became a realtor, right? Financial faker. I'm always going to tell my story so y'all can know that I am not far from whatever I'm telling y'all. I've been there. Became a realtor. What I tell my wife, we had a nice Jeep Cherokee, which worked well. I says, no, they said you need to look like you're successful. So I want to go out and buy an Acura. Well, if you buy an Acura, I should buy an Acura too. Well, let's buy two Acuras. We got a $1,000 car notes coming in the building. 
What? So $1,000 in car notes. Then you add on to that uh, $1,600 in mortgage. We faking it so bad. And my first year, I was lucky to close about $12,000 in deals. Faking it. That car didn't get me any business. What got me business was talking to the people, being honest about the transaction, and working my tail off to get that little $12,000 I got my first year, which barely paid for the doggone car, which eventually got repossessed. Yes, I've had it, so don't feel bad. Yes, your pastor's been there before. I don't like how that feels when a tow truck pull up in the ring and everybody's outside watching and beep, 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 beep. You're like, yeah, it's broke. It's broke, man, that piece of trash. They look at me, it's like, dude, that's a luxury car. It's still trash. And then you feel, you know, because they look and you walk up to your neighbor and tell them. So this is what had happened, right? I don't know what. It just stopped running. I think I put bad gas in there. That's what happened. So they take, they're going to fix it, and it never comes back. <laughs> uh, I could laugh about it now, but I'm, I'm glad I went through it because I was stupid with my money. I wasn't a great steward. I didn't deserve to be driving that car. No, I couldn't afford it. Let's be honest. Security, this is a big one. Money says we need security. If I got money in the bank, oh, my goodness, life is good. I got money in the bank. I ain't got no worry about nothing. Dave Ramsey told me to put a G in the bank, and I put that G in the bank. Man, if an emergency happens, amen. Security. Guess what security won't get you? If your kid gets hit by a car, right, all the money in the world ain't going to change how that outcome turns out. Hmm? If, 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 if mama gets cancer, right? No money in the world is going to change the outcome. Only thing that will change the outcome potentially is God and his miracles. All the money in the world can cure. I don't care. Donald Trump mama gets cancer tomorrow. He can do whatever he wants. He can get the best doctors in the world because he can afford it. Put them on his private jet. And the doctor's going to say, I don't have a cure for this. Just make her comfortable. And he got all the money in the world. Money will not get us security. It won't. We think so. If I got a little bit of money in the bank and whatever. No, it's wrong. That's the lie that we believe. We believe that money will do that. And so we put all of our trust in what? Money and not in God. We've got to flip that. We have to flip that. Watch this. I'm going to try something with you. How many would agree, raise your hand, that money does not buy happiness? Raise your hand. Raise them high. Don't be shy. Yeah, get them up there. Get them up there. Come on, Jared. Don't be, you think money could buy happiness? A little bit, okay. We can okay. All right. Good. Now, second question. How many would say that a little more money would make your life a little better? No. Oh, everybody, right? But you said that money can't buy happiness. Huh? So what you're saying in essence is intellectually, money, intellectually, in my mind, I know that money cannot buy happiness. But emotionally, my emotions tell me if I had just a little bit more cheese, <laughs> be a few more smiles in my household. If I had just a few more dollars, you know, things would be better. Testimony. Our savings is negative zero, if that's such a thing. It's never been there. Scary. So what happens? We had our first emergency a couple weeks ago. I shared it with you all, the testimony about the transmission. Whoa. So I begin to think, what if something happens to one of my babies? Okay, we're insured. But my wife and I are not. Now, what if something happens to E? Or what if something happens to me? What if I die? She can't even bury me because we don't have even life insurance. 
Oh, my God. You talk about security. I was like, I feel totally butt naked. Not naked. I was like butt naked. Nothing. Scary. What do I do? My barbers, I'm telling my barber my stuff. I had to go to my barber and say, Doc, man, you know how you told me, man, you've been cutting my hair for 12 years, that if I ever needed a free cut, you could do that? Can I turn in like 12 years worth of free cuts and like for the next year you hook me up at least once a month? Because I don't have it right now, man. I'm serving the Lord. I just don't have it. My barber's like, dude, shut up. Just sit your butt in this chair. Let me hook you up. And he hooked the, see, he hooked the mohawk up pretty nice. You know, uh, Dennis Broyel. So now when he listens, he'll know I said his name. Okay, there we go. So he hooked me up. And while I'm sitting there, he says, man, listen, you know, I'm about to pick up some work, some security work. And I says, man, I need security Security, I'll do it. Who do I call? Called the people on Monday, interviewed on Tuesday, was training by Wednesday. I started work already this week. And so when I get there, I'm starting doing the math. I'm only doing one day a week, right? And so I'm like, I get there. My wife is totally not happy. She's like, I don't even know why you're going. You're not going to make a lot of money. It's not going to make a difference in our bills and whatever. Says, baby, I, gotta, I don't like us not having an emergency fund. We, we've never lived like that in almost a decade of marriage. This is like, I, I just don't feel right, baby. I just got to go just let me stack up that nest egg. My wife was like, but hasn't God provided for us? I'm like, oh, you're so holy. <laughs> but you're right. And so I says, you know what? Tomorrow I got to go back to work. I says, first thing I'm going to do is I got up in the morning and I prayed. I says, God... I did the math, and at the end of the month, I'll only make just under $400. I make $382 before taxes, okay? We have one vehicle to go back and forth to Atlanta to drop me off to work because I cannot tie up the vehicle. What if there's an emergency? So she has to drop me off. I did the math. I says, man, by the end of the month, I'm going to bring in $150, and I will have worked eight times four is what? 32. I'll have worked 32 hours for the month. It just didn't add up. So I says, God, why am I here? Today, when I go into this job, God, you better speak boldly to me why I am at this place. Because if you don't speak to me about why I'm going to this security job to get security, which really ain't going to give me security, $150 over a year, it's going to take me a year just to get about $1,200. The math is off, but y'all get it. Round up, round down, round up, whatever. Okay? It's not math class. This is preaching. Joe like that. So I'm saying it doesn't make sense. God, speak to me audibly this time. I need an audible thing. And God's like, you ain't going to get what you want. So I show up to work, and I'm just sitting there and wondering, like, man, why am I here? And we begin talking in the, uh, in the, in the office. And I'm, it's a new staff of people. I'm just meeting them. And so they're like, so are you at another site? Where are you working at? And I says, well, full-time, I'm a pastor. So that's why I can only work very part-time because my first obligation is to to, to, to ministry, man. I'm, I'm, I've signed up for a mentoring program. I'm going to be in the school system mentoring kids. And I'm going to tell you all about that later because you all going to sign up too, I hope. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go out here and make strategic partnerships and just do some things in the community so I cannot work full time. My first obligation is to this ministry because i got to honor God with it. So I can work one day, and that's just so I can get security. And they're like, oh, okay, so you're a pastor. Oh, man, that's good. And they, they get in close. So now we're talking, and they're like, you know what? I just started going back to church, and they started talking about this and talking about God and asking theological questions. And I was like, ooh, this is good. Yeah, so let's talk about theology, and let's talk about religion, and let's talk about church. And we got all into a deep conversation, and I says, you know what? Can I tell you all something? 
Today was the day that I was like, if God didn't speak to me, y'all wouldn't have saw this handsome face again. I wasn't coming back because monetarily it makes no sense, but I, I realized the purpose behind me being here was to reach out to y'all. I'm here to, for security. I'm here to make some money for my own personal security, to stack my nest so in case of an emergency, I have some money. I said, but what God says is, I got that minister to these people. And at the end of the day, I'm not even joking, there's cameras everywhere. You're not supposed to be doing what we were doing. They're like, yo, step in this corner. The camera can't see us. Let's pray. I'm dead serious. They're like, we're, if we step over here and pray, the camera can't see. Pray for me, please, pastor. I'm doing tours of the building, and we're stopping on abandoned floors. I'm like, man, we got to look at these. Like, yo, stop right here. Think you can pray for me real quick? We're praying right there, and I says, God, I get it now. My purpose is not to build up the security, but it's to build up your kingdom. So you send me here to minister to these people, people who just started going to church again. One brother been here 18 months. He'll be here next week, by the way. We're going to pick him up from H.E. Home Station. You know what he told me after, I, after we talked and we prayed and la da, 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 He says, man, I'm open to you. And I was like, well, you're in Atlanta. You got to open that up. What you mean by you open to me, doc? You do know you're in Atlanta. And saying you open to me could mean several things. Be specific. He says, no, I'm open to you being my pastor. What? You don't know me. He's like, I don't have to know you, but you know God, and I can tell, man. God is speaking to you, and he's speaking through you, man. You, you came at a time when we were like, I was trying to tell those two people in the office downstairs about how to get close with God again, and you came like right at the, this was just yesterday we were having this conversation. You showed up. You fixed it up. You, you, you made it clean. You made us understand it, and then on top of that, you did not say, I'll be praying for you. You prayed for us right then and there, and that's real. I would love for you to be my pastor. And I was like, goodness gracious, good, good, good God. There's another story I want to share, and I'm not trying to put this brother on the spot, but I'm such a doubter. I was at the gas station some time ago, maybe two, two weeks ago. Brother came up to me and says, hey, man, can you, can you bless a brother with a few bucks for gas? Man, I'm running late for choir practice. I says, yeah, man, sure, man, let me, let me do that. So I pumped it and did it, and that was that. And I called Brandon. I said, Brandon, I pumped gas for somebody. Got to tell the financial director because he'd be like, man, you spend a lot on gas. You just pumped, and then you pumped again. I see the times. And so I clasped, Brandon, I paid for a brother who needed gas. It wasn't me, okay? I said, but the brother's a musician. He said he drums. He said he's going to give me a call. A week went by. I didn't ask anything about it. I just prayed, man. I said, man, I just hope the brother was blessed. 6.30 this morning. Hey, pastor. Uh, how you doing? What time is service? I thought it was the guy from the security job I'm working, and it wasn't. He said, you probably don't remember me, but you gave me gas at the gas station. I want to come to your service today. And I says, and I know his name. He didn't think I remembered his name. I said, Eddie? Yeah. I said, all right, man. Yeah, well, you, you remember where we at? He says, yeah, y'all at the uh, elementary school uh, over on, Har- on Dodging Road, Harmony Lidl, and I'll be there 11 o'clock. Eddie's right there. He's here. That's the realness of God. And I'm saying, okay, there is a bigger and better purpose. Now I need to learn to trust in you. That security blanket that I thought was good, I need to trust in you. And I say, and, 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 and then God is telling me, he's like, you know what, son? 
I don't give you everything you want. He's saying this to y'all too. Everybody, who, everybody raise their hand. If I could have just a little bit more, oh, I'm going to share some statistics with y'all. You know why God doesn't give you a little bit more? I'm being honest. Because your capacity is not there yet. You think so. But just imagine today if God gave you a million dollars. Everybody like, oh, I know what I'm going to do with that million dollars. Five years from now, you'll be broke. Brian said one year he'll be broke. It's going to take me five to spend that money, Brian. I ain't lying. I'm greedy. (laughs) It's going to take me five, but then I'll be broke. We don't have the capacity yet to handle what God has in store for us. So little by little, he increases in us. Little by little, he gives you more. And eventually, you'll be able to handle the capacity. You'll be able to stretch, and he can fill you up what he has in store. Everybody said a little bit more would help. No, maybe a little bit more God would help. Huh? Just a little bit more Jesus would help, but we don't need the money. Watch this. I'm going to share some statistics. I was watching ESPN, and this documentary came on called Broke. Anybody see that? Wow. Blew my mind. This is what it says. I'm going to read the article. According to a 2009 Sports Illustrated article, 60% of former NBA players are broke within five years of retirement. By the time they have been retired for two years, 78% of former NFL players have gone bankrupt or under financial stress. Why? Because they were sucked into bad investments. They were stalked by freeloaders. That's family in them. That's that's, that's boo-boo. That's pumpkin and all of them. Y'all know what I'm talking about, huh? Uh, they were saddled with medical problems. See, they, don't, they think that the NFL is going to pay for every time they're injured. No, that comes out of your pay, bro. That's, 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 that's part of your money. And naturally prone to showing off. That's the big one. Naturally prone to showing off. Walk into the club, I'm buying drinks for everybody. Give me that Louie. Take the Louie down. Take the, dust it off because I know can't nobody else afford the Louie. Give me the Louie. Yeah, I know about the Louie. I've never had it, but I know about it. Hmm? Give me the Louis, right? VIP. Oh, I'm coming VIP. Let me spend. How much to get in VIP? 250 All oh, That's all that costs? Stacks. You know who I love? I'm a boxing fan, right? I love to watch this little guy fight. And he's not little. He's like actually my height. I found out he's like 5'10", 5, 5'11". 5, uh, 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 Floyd, pretty boy Floyd Mayweather. Oh, my God. I love to watch him fight. I can't stand him outside of the ring. I mean, if I could fight, I would slap him. But I know if I slap him, I'm still not even fast enough to run away from him. You know, I'd be like, slap. He's so quick, he punched me in the back of my head or something. But I want to do something to him. Maybe I'll hide a fruit of Islam or somebody like that to get him. Huh? I mean, real talk, this fool burns a $100 bill. And I'm saying, dude, I know homeless people could use that. Why are you doing that? Because I got it to burn. Well, you're going to burn in hell because God got held for you to burn in. Because that's a sinny sin sin. You cannot do that with God's money. That just bothers me. It so bothers me. And this is why these NFL, NBA players, and all these others who receive money quick. Let me tell you the statistic about lotto players. They did a study on about 1,900 lottery winners in Florida right? 85% of the, 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 the 1,900 were bankrupt in five years. 
the rest of them just had financial stress. In other words, they had to bring it down a notch. Because what happens? When you get rich, everybody's coming. So then those people who get all this money instantly, this is what we do. I'm going to hire Keisha to be my account manager because she counts good. I know she didn't finish. She didn't go to college, but she can count. So she's going to count my money, right? Because I don't trust these folk in, 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 that they're sending me. I don't trust these money managers. So they might try to take advantage of me and put my money in stocks. And I don't know anything about stocks. That sounds like a foreign word. I don't know how to, 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 to manage that stuff. I don't know how to diversify my portfolio. And what does that mean? I need to invest in black people and white people. What does that mean to diversify my portfolio? So we hire Keisha, who can just count good, hasn't taken an accounting class in her life, and what happens? Keisha's spending all your money. Talk to T.O. He'll tell you about that. And why? Because we want to impress people. We believe that money will give us happiness. I got bling. Hey, I'm happy. Hey, I got bling. I'm significant. What's up? Watch out, y'all. Stand in the line behind a velvet rope. I'm walking in the club. Hmm? I got security. If something happened to me today, I got insurance. I got money in the bank. But if you're facing something without healing, you hate all your money ain't going to do anything for you. And we think money can do that for us. It's time to drop the mask, y'all. What we have in the world is not a financial problem. Let me deal with that. We don't have a financial problem. Our money, our, our issue is not money. Everybody runs to take Dave Ramsey courses. We want to learn how to be better stewards over our money and put a money. It's not a financial problem we have. I would argue that it's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem that we have. Because if we had all the money in the world, if God just suddenly blessed you, we'd jam it up because we don't understand where the money really comes from, right? We believe that the money will provide happiness. It will provide significance and security, and it doesn't. Let's drop the mask, and let me tell you what, 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 what we say. We believe that we trust money for happiness because, watch this, this is if you're taking notes. We trust money for happiness because we don't know what we have in Christ, We trust money because we don't know what we have in Christ, which is far more valuable than any money. We trust money for significance because we don't know who we are in Christ. We trust money for significance because we don't know who we are in Christ. We believe money will make us secure because we trust in money and not in Christ. We trust in money and not in Christ. We've traded the lie for the truth. We worship created things instead of worshiping the creator. Our actions reveal what we really believe. Our actions reveal what we really believe. Here's what I believe. We need to change our belief. See, when we go to Dave Ramsey and all that stuff, what they do is teach us how to behave in a certain way when it comes to finances. But I would argue that we need to change first our belief and then behavior changes. If we change what we believe, I believe that God blessed me with this money. So because this is God's money, it's very important that I manage it right. Perfect example, your mama, your daddy give you $100 and they say, listen, don't spend all this money. You're going to do your darndest not to upset them. You're going to try to manage that money correctly. Well, some of y'all are just disobedient to your mom and daddy. So let's just say your boss, because some of us give way more respect and attention to our bosses. 
than our parents. So let's just say your boss says, listen, Gerald, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Manage my money. Don't lose it. Do, I, listen, don't lose a penny of it. Oh, my God, you're going to watch it like every 20 seconds. It's still there. It's still there. It's still there. It's still there. Right? But we won't do that with the money that God, our real father, our real boss gave us. We don't manage that. We spend it frivolously. We stand in line for hours for the new Jordans. Got to get them new J's. Got to get them. If I don't get them before somebody else get them, oh, it's going to be some stuff. We stand in line for that iPhone 5 and the new iPhone 6. Y'all know about the iPhone 6, right? Look at their making faces. It's not even now, but I saw y'all. Somebody reached for their pocket. What? <laughs> Check the internet. See if it's true. Already. We ain't even, I'm, not even, I'm not even done and you're ready to spend that money. We need to trust God for all of the above. Trust God for all of it. Right? That's what, if we change who, what our belief is, I believe that God will provide. I believe he's my security. I believe that I'm significant because I'm a child of God. I believe that in my happiness, there is God. He says it. In him, there is the joy, right? Then our behavior automatically changes. I want to teach you one simple point today, and then we're done. This is it. We're done, right? This is the simple thing we're going to drive home. A better way to live, true happiness, significance, and security are found in Christ alone. Christ alone. Not found in your mate, not found in your money, not found in your job. Not fo- no, I'm telling you now, Jared, no, a little bit more money ain't going to make you happy. Temporarily, you'll be good. But when that money's gone, you're going to need some more. So you're going to have to keep getting more to keep fueling your happiness. In Christ alone. I'm happy. I woke up this morning and just looked at my kids while I was making them oatmeal. Not the instant kind, the kind that takes a while to cook, like the rolled oats. And you got to put about, you know, uh, two cups of water to one cup of oats. And, you know, you got to stir it and take your time. And while I'm stirring and cooking, I'm thinking, wow, how blessed I am. I'm able to cook these nice oats for my babies. And they're standing there in there. They're in the, in, in, in the living room watching television. And, and we weren't cold last night. But I have family and friends up in New York who just got light yesterday. Huh? They're doing well normally, but a storm came, and they don't have lights. And I'm up here stirring uh, rolled oats for my babies. What a blessing. Then I go and turn on the water, and it was nice and warm. And it came out really nice. The pressure was perfect. And it reminded me of when I was in Haiti, when I was in the shower, all lathered up, and the water just cut off. That was uh, uh, awkward. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, I thought about those things and just how blessed I really am. And I was like, there's my happiness. There's my joy. And then I thought about that job that I'm working at, that security job. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to make any money, but I'm not going to quit because these people need a pastor there. And I want to be their pastor, so I'm going to continue to go. And we're going to open up the Bible. We, gonna, we already talked about it. We're going to have Bible study like in the first hour. Because we're just sitting there, right? On Saturday, the building shut down, so we sit there. So the first hour, we're going to have Bible study. And I, and I told them all, they're like, well, it's hard for, the Bible is boring. I said, no, it's not. It's some great stories in there, man. There's a dude that cut somebody's ear off. And then there, I was like, y'all watch Jerry Springer? They're like, yeah. I was like, oh, man, the Old Testament is full of Jerry Springer. Oh, y'all got to read it. They're like, but I don't understand. I says, I got it. Y'all don't understand the language. So what I'm going to do is bring them Bibles, the Bibles that we have here, and give them out to them, the New Living Translation, which is a little bit easier to digest. And so I said, we're going to do this because there's a bigger purpose behind why I'm there. And I'm blessed and I'm happy and I'm celebrating in God because all of the money that I thought I needed, that security, why I'm working there, no, I don't need that. 
God is going to provide. He's been providing. He provided for this church. Have we missed a Sunday yet? Since 19, uh, I mean, since uh, September 9th, September 11th, since September, September 11th, 2011, have we missed a service that we didn't plan on? Huh? And I know y'all have been giving. Y'all been giving and giving and giving. Y'all been doing it. But it's been God in Christ alone. In Christ alone is where we find it. Philippians 3, 7, 8. This is Paul talking to just a messed up society. He says this, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Y'all know Paul. Everybody know Paul? Paul was like a religious leader. And he came from some really good family line. He came from some good stock. He was smart. He had some money. He was the man. And he says, that, that title of being a Pharisee, my lineage and all of that stuff, my education, my money, yeah, that's whack compared to what I have in Christ. This is Paul saying this. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared uh, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all garbage. Now, the literal translation about the garbage is dung. And if you don't know what dung is, it's poo-poo. It's waste. It's dookie. So that I could gain Christ. All the stuff Forget about it. I discarded it. I got rid of it because what I have in Christ, that stuff doesn't compare. It pales in comparison. This is the greatest one. And and I love it. Then he says this, and and then then they say this in Luke. Then, Then Jesus said this, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. A little bit more money ain't going to make you happy. All of you who raise your hand, it's not going to work. You can get a bonus tomorrow. You won't notice the difference. Because every time, you know, one of my favorite rappers said, more money, more problems back in the day, right? That's very true. The more money you have, the more problems. This is the least amount of money my family has seen in my entire marriage. And we are the happiest we've ever been. Me and my wife barely fight. Barely. I didn't say we didn't. You understand what I'm saying? My kids are happy. They love the fact that mommy and daddy are home all the time and my wife gets to homeschool our kids. And, oh, my God, Brooke is like sort of like a genius. It's incredible. We're happy. And when we had a lot of money and we had these fancy cars and we were in debt up to our freaking eyeballs, we were not happy. We were fighting about the debt that we got ourselves into. Well, you shouldn't have spent this. Well, you shouldn't have spent that. Well, why do you really need that? Well, do you really need that? No, I don't read you. And we were divided in our marriage. Now we have less. We focus on us. And it's the most beautiful thing. Thank God I can't have no more kids. Y'all, I've been and had two more already just in this time alone. Somebody can say amen. That's how happy we are. Huh? What? I don't, hey, I want y'all, I want to help y'all real quick. I want y'all to repeat after me. Will y'all do that? Say this with me. I am not what I have. Come on, give it to me. Believe that. I am not what I have. I am not what I wear. I am not where I live. I am not what I drive. I am not my school. But I am who God says I am. 
I am who God says I am. And who does he say you are? By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We are his heirs. And to be an heir to Christ, oh my God, I got way more than what money can buy. I got a whole lot more. And I can strut and stick my head up and say, "Uh uh-huh, I may be broke. I may have a negative balance in the account, but I am who God says I am. I'm an heir. And what I have access to, Bank of America can't put a stop pay on or a hold on. What I have access to, the landlord can't sign an eviction notice to. What I have access to, the thief can't come in and steal. What I have access to is Christ Almighty and that's enough for me. You can't give me enough money to match up to that. Somebody's going to get that today. I am not any of those things, but I am who God says I am. Some of us get caught up in the stuff. We get caught up in, oh, I'm an Aggie. I'm a, I'm a Morehouse Tiger. I'm a, I'm a this. I went to Harvard. Yeah, and you in debt from Harvard because we know you didn't get a scholarship. Our president can attest to that. That's his standing argument. My wife and I had to take out loans to go to the prestigious schools we went to. Well, thank God he's able to pay them off now. He's the president. It's probably forgiven. Let's imagine that didn't happen. He'd be in debt to his eyeballs. Huh? How many of us are still paying debt for that school that we say we are? All of us. I am. The car we drive. Oh, I'm this car. No, you're not. The lender's that car. And miss one payment, they'll be out there with the truck. Beep, beep, beep. You are an heir, and your life should reflect that in every single doggone thing you do in this world. Every single thing. I would not have met this brother had I not been intentional about being like Christ. I could have said, man, this dude is going to jam me up. He's going to jack me up. He's going to rob me. He's lying. But I said, no, I trust God. Do it, and I'll deal with Brandon later. I don't want to go to that security job. I'm fighting it right now. I'm like, man, I got to go back next Saturday. But God knows that these people need a word from God. They needed that. Me being there was their confirmation. If we live a life that looks like Christ and put all of our trust into him, we don't need nothing. You don't need a little bit more. Today, remember that I don't need a little bit more. I don't. Because when you're ready and your capacity can withhold what God is about to pour into you, or you'll get it. You'll get it. Confession, and then we're done. I'm a part of a pastor's roundtable, two or three of them, to be honest with you, two of them. And one of them is is with a, a mixed group of people, black pastors, white pastors, new pastors, pastors who've been around and young, old. It's really nice, okay? And so we're in there talking, and and, and the conversation we're having is, Uh, more people. This is what they're saying. Man, I'm putting all of this energy into evangelizing. I'm putting all this energy into discipleship. I'm putting all this energy into letting people know that there's a church here in this city, and I want people to come, but I'm not seeing, this is what they say, this is what we all were saying, I don't see a return on my investment. Now, I'm the new guy, so I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to see. This is brand new for me, so whoever comes, comes. But at the end of the day, this is what they were all saying. We're not seeing enough. And one pastor said this, and it was so beautiful. He says, here's the funny thing. What if you sent out 14,000 mailers in the city of Mableton or in South Cobb, right? You sent out 14,000. And then 
2,000 came. Do you have the capacity to handle it? And everybody sat there like, uh, no. Okay, that's a big number. What if just 200 responded to the 14,000? Do you have the capacity? Are you ready to minister to them? Uh, you know what? You got a good point. I know. It wasn't me who said, I wish it was. I was like, that's dope. That's good. You preaching, boy. But it's true. You don't have the capacity, and we worry about that. I'm so grateful I was a part of that conversation because it's like, it's not about that. How many people are in these seats or how much money we bring in or how much money I have in my bank account? I don't have it now because I don't have the capacity to, to, to handle it right now. Amen? My wife, who is here, hey, lovely. How are you? Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here, woman. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, yeah, I'm done. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, come here. Okay, my wife wants to talk to you all about some things. She's going to do some brief announcements. And I have your envelopes right here, dear. And then we'll pray and we'll be dismissed and all of that good stuff. Uh, let me grab your mic. Yeah, yeah, don't be, don't be shy to use the mic. It's all right. Don't be shy. Let them hear your voice. My wife is funny. Let me just share this story. So she's like, do I really need one? She pretends like she doesn't like to be on the mic. One of our first dates, remember this? I did a radio interview. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And it was supposed to be me doing the interview, and she took my interview over. She hijacked my radio interview. I didn't hijack it. Like what she was doing was more interested in me no. than what I was doing. She actually reached for the mic. Did not show on time. They were running late, and so the interviewer just started asking me questions. Yeah, but he could have. We could have took all that time just about me. I have a lot of interesting. They things. were done with you. They were out of <laughs> questions for you. Go ahead, dear. Anywho, hey everybody. My name is Erica. For those of you who don't know me or I don't know you, and uh, welcome to Mosaic. Um, so normally I'm back in the back with the kids, and that's where I've been today, hanging out, having fun, making uh, Thanksgiving stuff. <laughs> All right, so a couple of brief announcements. The first one is what I have here in my hand. I only have two left because I only asked them to give us five this week uh, just to see, you know, what the response was. But basically, Harmony Leland Elementary School has a pantry. There's 68% of the children here uh, get free or reduced lunch, and out of that percentage, there's kids who just don't have food, period, when they go home. And so their families um, make use of the pantry here uh, at Harmony Leland. And the parents and teachers donate to the pantry. Right now they have a drive going 100 cans by 100 days uh, with the kids. They sent something home with uh, Broderick Jr. the other day about that. But the neat thing that the folks that run the pantry, and they run pantries in about seven schools here in Cobb County, is that they use the extreme couponing system to the pantry. And so what we have here is, uh, honey, can I ask you a little bit of help? Can you uh, grab that one? Just open it up for me. $6 is all you need to take an envelope, go to Publix, or if you would prefer Kroger, let me know. I can get Kroger envelopes. And what they do is they take the coupons from this Sunday circular, and they have a team that sorts them and organizes them, and then creates a handy-dandy little shopping list with the appropriate coupons inside. And so here I've got uh, shop by Wednesday, 11-7, uh, at Publix, get two cans of Campbell's Soup, some peanut butter, V8, it's on sale this week, plus with the coupons, the whole transaction total should come to less than or right about $6. Um, 
And so uh, if anyone would like these last two, and they have the coupons in them, just uh, raise your hand and Broderick will hand it out. Tia would like one, so, uh, and Dorothy would take the other one. And thank you to those of you who got me at the door this morning before I even had a chance to hand them out. I'll have more next week. Um, and so right now we're getting five of these envelopes a week. Um, I'll ask them for 10 next week if that helps. And the really neat thing about it is that you just, when you're going to the supermarket anyway, you've already got the coupons and it uses that system. And so they're able to fill the pantry with things that normal pantries don't have, like shampoo, dish soap, um, all sorts of things, that toil uh, toiletries, uh, ketchup, mustard, things that you, condiments that you wouldn't normally see at a food pantry, which is really neat. Um, try to make sure that you get things that where the expiration date is as far away as possible so that uh, they have time to get that distributed. Other ways you can help with the pantry is every third Tuesday of the month. Uh, we're uh, volunteering to help distribute food, and we meet out back here at one of the trailers near the playground uh, at 5 o'clock. It's just two hours, and we just help hand out the food to folks and say hello. Uh, we don't stand there and say, hey, yay, Jesus, but we just show the love of Christ through our presence. Um, the, before someone can really get to know, the, uh, know Jesus, they need to see Jesus in you first. Mm. And so, Preach. anyway. So that's one of the ways. And the last way is is uh, there's a way to go directly to Alive Ministries and donate funds uh, directly to the pantry um, so that they can make purchases or bring in your Sunday Circular coupons. Bring the whole sheet. They've got folks that volunteer to just sit there and cut out the coupons and organize little lists for the envelopes. Um, and so just bring coupons. You can donate or you can shop. Whatever's uh, great. Um, other announcements? Have you made any announcements today? No. Okay. Guys, uh, the fellows are meeting at Brandon's. Brandon, where did Brandon go? Brandon, raise your hand. Yeah. Brandon has opened his home uh, to weekly just fellows getting together on Tuesday evenings at 7 o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock. It's um, BYOF and D. Um, so bring your own food and drink um, <laughs> and hang out there and just have great conversation. Ladies, uh, for the time being, we're meeting Wednesdays at Starbucks on Atlanta Road and 285. It seems to be like the easiest place to get to, and it's the closest Starbucks to here. So 7 o'clock, a couple of hours just hanging out, coffee, hot chocolate, and uh, just getting to know one another. Uh, we may end up moving the date and, uh, down the road, but right now we're still on Wednesdays. Um, let's see what else is going on. The big announcement. Oh, the turkeys? That's a big one, but the bigger one. Oh, the one. Okay. So how many of you like pizza? Yeah. All right. Next week, right after service, we're going to have pizza. Now, there's a condition that goes with that. Mm -hmm. Tell them about it, baby. The condition is, is that we're having a church meeting. Um, all of you, every one of you, even those of you who it's your first time here, are invited and welcome to join us. We're going to give you an update on how we think the launch went, uh, a couple of budget items, let you know some of the outreach activities that we have going on, the pantry, we're planning on buying turkeys uh, for folks, and um, we have a coat drive going on with the kids' ministry, so um, a few other announcements, and so our lead team is going to uh, provide information about that, but it's immediately after service. Everybody gets some pizza. That's for clarification. It's immediately after we put everything away after service. Yeah, because yeah. here's how this is going to Because what happen is they'll sit down and be waiting for the pizza, and it's still work to do. You're right. You're right. So here's how it's going to go. See the chairs that you're sitting on right now? Yep. Okay, great. 
See the tables that are folded up over there, right? Okay, we're going to eat at a couple of those tables. We'll probably only need about three or four of them. So what we're going to do is we're going to put all the chairs away, and then we're going to put the Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.